Welcome, food enthusiasts, to this episode of the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Miller, your host for today, and I am so excited uh, for our guest who's going to talk to us all about healthy eating, which is a topic that you love as, as our audience, I know, just from the feedback that we get. We have Jean-Sebastien Crevy with us, and he is the senior director, I want to get this correct, of global and digital marketing with We Cook. Welcome to the podcast, JS. Hey, Pam. First of all, thanks for having me. And yes, you did get my name right and even my title, which, uh, first of all, a uh, French name, not always easy. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm going to work on I'm going to work on my French because I enjoy the language. It's a beautiful language, but I will call you JS for short today just because you said that's what everyone calls you. So let's Yeah, that let's, is correct. Let's dive in because you have you have quite a big job with this company and tell us first of all what We Cook does. Okay, so first of all, We Cook has been around since 2012. It used to be called Nutrition Fit Plus, Nutrition Fit Plus. And our main products, it's a subscription model for ready-to-eat meals. So okay. yeah, we're, we're a Canadian-based company and uh, we deliver ready-to-eat meals ready in two minutes, healthy and fresh, so not frozen directly to your doors. Wow. And this is a great concept, especially with what we've been through with the pandemic. A lot of people are eating more and more at home and they want to have healthy meals. However, they don't have the time or the good cooking stills to go through getting all of that together. So how did you how did you even start doing this? What what was the initial concept of the company? Was this where you ended up now what you set out to do? Okay, so but originally uh, Nutrition Fit Plus was created by the two founders, Jonathan Roy and Etienne Plourde. So um, it started as a lot of companies start. So basically the founders had a need. They, they wanted to eat healthy. They wanted to save time and they could not find the right product for them. So I guess being entrepreneurs is they decided, okay, why don't we just... Start, start small for us, for our friends. And then now we're 10 years back, the biggest company in Canada in terms of ready to eat. Yeah, and uh, history, history was made. Yes, and, and that's often how companies start, right, JS? Is there somebody sees a problem and there's not a solution for them, so they created a solution. And hence, they were able to expand out to serving other people as well. Now, I think in the beginning, you said that a lot of the customers where you distributed the product was were in gyms, right? Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Uh, originally, the business model was there There was delivery directly, directly to your door, okay. but also we had drop points where we would deliver the meals in, in gyms and then uh, you would pick them up. So even on the marketing side, on the growth side, it was in somehow easy way to gather clients because the gym clients would see the meals and then they would just order them. Well, yeah. And that's a prime customer for a product like this because people that are going to a gym are normally interested in their health and would like that nice fresh food that we cook uh, supplies. But now you're with a subscription model, which has really allowed you to expand 
quite a bit. So share with us that transition and how you've worked through that. Okay, so um, if I can start talking a bit more about like my history with the company. Yes, uh, I joined the company in August 2019 huh. as the I guess the first marketing employee, and mm. my one of my for like my first two goals were to first of all we were going to rebrand from Nutrition Fit Plus to WeCook, and originally Nutrition Fit Plus has more of it had more of an angle of catering for people that are training a bit more hardcore. So we wanted to shift to a bit more everybody that wants to eat healthy kind of approach. And also we, so that's why, that's why we decided to rebrand from Nutrition Fit Plus to WeCook. And also we migrated for, from a transactional model to a subscription model. My first mandates were, my first mandate was basically to build the new website. We develop a brand new website, uh, custom websites from scratch, and then also to to rebrand. And after that, basically, originally before that, the the company has been growing organically, doubling every year. And when I joined, the goal was to basically to start growing faster. And that's what we did. So... As after we rebranded and launched a new site, we, for the first two years, we were doubling the company every four to six months. Wow. <laughs> okay. So I would think, first of all, you did a good job, obviously. Thanks. Yeah. You came in and- It, it and was a team it. effort. <laughs> I'm sure, but you were, you were helping to direct how that, how that happened. So I hear a couple of themes there. You started, uh, they started with this core of really good prospective clients in the, in the gym business, but then looking to scale and wanted to move outside of that kind of to the everyday person that might be interested in healthy eating and, and moving also to that subscription model. So you were really dealing with those consumers directly and um, working with them. And so that growth, that's a lot of growth. You were doubling every year, but then you you started three to four times every quarter, did you say? Did no, I get no, that we right? were doubling every four to six months. Oh, every four to six so, months. Okay. Yeah. But still, that's a when you're talking about fresh food and getting all of those source ingredients and the preparation. So what were your challenges with that growth? Because that's pretty fast, I would say. That has been a challenge, which uh, we handled well, where let's say if you're in retail, you can simply order more field. The meals that you receive today have been prepared either today or the day before. So there's no notion in, of inventory. So the the scale, basically, we had on the marketing side, we had to be connected with production to make sure that we scale in a way that production can keep up. Right. And also one thing that helped us a lot is that we established a deep notion of like raw data that was accessible for our all the entities where everybody, not only like marketing, but even production would see things in advance and we created predictive models where it helped us a lot. Yeah. So, and then the communication between all the pieces of the business so that everybody would be preparing, it wouldn't be a surprise. Like at least they knew what you were predicting was going to be happening. Definitely. Because let's say on our side, our menus are, we all, we always have five weeks at least of menus in advance available on the site because at WeCook, 
each week is a brand new menu. Oh, so okay. based of this, one of the challenge was also to try, especially right now with the pandemic and everything, but it was even back then to predict the volume of clients and different meals a few weeks in advance so we can source the product. But mm -hmm. further than that, since we were growing, 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 also to predict the needs of hiring new employees. When I joined the company mm -hmm. in August 2019, WeCook was 50 employees. We're 700 plus employees right now. Okay. And it was a challenge in 2019 hiring people. Let's not even talk about it right now. <laughs> well, yeah, what is happening right now, though? It's in the news as far as what's happening with manpower and people having challenges with hiring. And how are you working through that? Multiple things. First of all, the mindset, especially of the founders, is, and has always been, let's figure out a way. We will figure out a way. And personally, if if I would get to, if I basically would pick if I'm going to be on a deserted island and I need to pick a few people just to make it happen and be successful, I'm going to pick both of the guys. Okay. They, they, That's a nice testimonial like they, to them. <laughs> Integrity. They, they're awesome at just figuring out. So for example, when we opened a new facility in Dorval, close to the airport in Montreal, and it was in October 2019, wow. we hired 150 people for production in two weeks. From That's the outside, quick. everybody <laughs> were saying like, it's, it's not doable. Like you're going to have to hire firms and everything. It worked. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we, we could, we implemented ways of doing it that were efficient and also not super expensive. And that's been the case ever since. So from running media to targeted niche, to run kind of a referral program for hiring and everything, mm -hmm. it worked. Yeah, so I was thinking... If you have happy employees, I mean, you mentioned a referral program. I think a lot of companies miss that. Sounds like you have a great culture there at WeCook and the people that work there like working there. And why wouldn't they want to have their friends or family members that they know? That's a great idea to have a referral program. I mean, other companies could think about that as well. You know, but they first have to have the great culture that people want to come and work with. But it sounds like you have that forward thinking, let's find a way attitude. And, and people want to be a part of something like that as you're growing. So uh, personally, I do think there's different ways of attracting people, but as pretty much in business, like if you want to attract a, a new employees, you need to, I guess, close a gap in the market that that person does not have either at, at his employment at the moment or like something that's going to make you different than than other companies mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not only a question of money it's a question of i guess scheduling or just yeah. caring i guess yeah maybe you can have flexibility in different areas or be serving you know solving a problem for them in a different area it's not just how much you're uh -huh. paying them is what i hear you saying yeah uh, obviously yeah. i'm not hr but i can speak yeah. for my team yeah um my team is fully Okay. And we, we work in Agile and base of points and all our sprints, basically we, we tested it and we're more productive if we're remote than in-house because okay. there's less distraction, there's no commute. Okay. But also, I like I said, I, it's, it's basically a, a manager call, but in my team, uh, people on my team can work remote, but anywhere they want to work. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, someone on my 
it's going to work for a little while in Spain. Just pause for a second because you just um, start out with that. For example, someone on my team because you froze for a minute and I'm not okay. sure if it was you or me, but go ahead. So, uh, for example, someone in my team, she told me a few weeks back that she was going to work from Spain for a little while. But I forgot when. So yes, no, last week, I think midweek, I asked her like, oh, and when are you going to Spain again? It's like, oh, yeah, I've been there for a week already. Oh, <laughs> okay, so, so seamless. It's seamless for your team. It's not a big deal at all. No, uh, personally, yeah. the only thing I, I ask is fast internet, a workstation, yeah. and to be connected during, I guess, more of Eastern standard time regular right. business hours for you exactly yeah. yeah after that where is your setup it's irrelevant yeah i think that that is a big draw especially after it was proven during the pandemic that a lot of different positions don't have to come to a central place like an office to work and uh, you know there's there's a big move as you know i mean a lot of people are staying remote or maybe coming to the office one or two days a week or as needed for certain meetings. So uh, good on you for paying attention to what works best for your team and your function. I think that piece of it is probably key for each function within uh, different companies. You know, the people that obviously are preparing the food and preparing the meals to have that fresh food, the quick turnaround time, they have to go somewhere to do that, obviously, 100%. a central location, but that's a whole different job function than what you're doing. So just being able to be flexible with all of those different needs. Us um, at WeCook, we have basically, we have people, especially like production people, but some teams that are working from the facility 100% of the time because right. we have hybrid teams that work remote and also have their own off. They're like, they work at the office at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have teams that are fully remote. So you're really, you're really looking at the job function and the employees and what's needed there. And I think that's a great approach. As I was referring to your culture earlier, I think that all plays into that positive company culture that people want to be a part of because you're you're um, not mandating a certain thing just because that applies to everyone. You're looking at the the individual functions and how to work there. But you mentioned before back to data because you're a big data you're a big data guy. And I think a lot of people in the food space lose out by not paying attention to the power of the data. I mean, you use that to be able to help you uh, with your projections as you were scaling and then to inform the different job functions that are going on. I mean, how are you using data now? Are there any different ways or same ways how is it valuable to you? But first of all, I, I do see myself as even before, like being a data analyst, even be, before being a marketer. Okay. But again, like I have both are, are under me regardless. Mm -hmm. So, and even my first hire was a data analyst, even before a marketing employee. Okay. Originally, and especially when we build a new platform, I wanted to make sure that all the tracking was set and basically uh -huh. that we were able to scale it with as low friction as possible. Mm -hmm. And also that the data we were collecting, even though at some points we were not using it, that it was there and it was in the right format and everything and usable. Mm -hmm. And it was somehow like very useful, even when we did 
with our second round of funding and then a few months back when uh, uh, when Claridge decided to jump into the, the adventure to have, first of all, the vision on all the dashboardings and everything uh, makes it easier to be to have a, a leaner team and be ah. more efficient, but also when we needed some analysis and some reports and everything, even the data was there in the right format and it was usable. Okay. One of the big challenge of the for marketers that we had over the last year was iOS 14. On the media side, a lot of companies had so much trouble because of basically the, the browser were the have been passing less data. But on our side, at least we were able to minimize the impact because we integrated server-side tracking, API tracking, and the fact that even our CRM was already doing that, we okay. integrated we integrated it over a simple weekend versus okay. the average for companies. It takes months when you have a, a custom website. Right. Well, good. That's a great job. I mean, that's that's such good planning because those those technology upgrades and the things that are out of your control, like when they upgrade the operating system you know, you, everybody has to respond to that. So that's, um, that, that's a hard thing to manage normally, like you said, caused a lot of companies, a lot of challenge, but um, you were able to navigate that. You talked about being able to have kind of a lean team. And a lot of that is because you're utilizing your dashboards and your information. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, an example I can give is, and yeah. historically I've worked at places where the data analyst, nine times out of 10, it's a data dump. They push the data in Excel. The lifespan of that report is good for a few hours. Okay. Here at WeCook, for one data dump, we do nine automated reports. Okay. Puts us in a situation where we don't have a gigantic data team that just do tro throwaway work. And also it put us in a situation where even we created dashboards and report and basically analysis that helps decision makers on different teams within different teams. Okay. For example, like now our culinary people, so the chef, the, the chef and everyone, they have all their dashboards of different, like how many meals uh, we're going to create even in advance and what we're going to need in terms of uh, ingredients, but also in real-time feedback from clients okay. based off recipes and so on. So most of like we, our culinary team are, are rock stars. We have an R&D team uh, department that is there. They're super good. Head of culinary, Gab used to come from a well-renowned restaurant. Mm. Uh, even Dan, our uh, executive chef, has, has been with the company for a long time. He knows what he's doing. But now, like, these people, they, they take all their experience of a lifetime of working hard and doing it. But now they incorporate real-time data to their decision-making and that's one thing that puts us in a situation where it's super hard for companies to compete in our in our sphere because I I can say it's super hard to to be efficient in ready to eat meals, mm -hmm. but also to compete in a way where the mindset is data first. Okay, well I would agree with you because a lot of times people are thinking food first, but you really have to back up. I what I'm hearing you say is you're utilizing all the data you're collecting and all the analytics and then you're delivering that out to the different departments in a way that they can actually use it to, to do their job 
jobs better, to be more efficient on the front end. And you talked about your chefs. And one thing I really want to talk about before we end our interview is about your meals and the quality of the food that you're putting in there. You talked about having a different menu every week, which sounds very appealing to those of us who are trying to come up with our family menus every week. So tell us a little bit about what your chefs do, what your food planning people do, and the quality of the food that you're putting into your meals. So like I said, it's a new menu each week. Yes. Sometimes some recipe will come will come back once in a while, especially our top recipes. Sure. But also we we do have a research and development team that will create new recipes, but also will test it because it's not like everybody can create a salad and make it look good. Mm-hmm. But on our side, like I can challenge you to give you like put you in front of you two salads the same salad that has been created has been created or assembled yesterday and one that has been assembled seven days ago and you wouldn't be able to tell which one which is what wow so that's that's a big difference and also to create meals that not only they keep good but also they taste good and especially on my side as a marketer one of my biggest challenges because most of people most of most of clients think of ready to eat as your frozen lasagna full of salt doesn't really taste good and everything on our side the product is awesome so one of my biggest challenge and on the performance side but also with the branding team that does such a great work is pass this to the person who never ordered that it's not your frozen too salty lasagna the product is key and once we convince that the client to test the product for the first time it's somehow easier for us because the product's creates the engagement for the client because the product makes sense. The product sells itself, right? So if you can get them to make that first order and try how good it is, they're, then they'll know is what you're saying. Like what's not to like? It's yeah. fresh. <laughs> well, it you're, tastes you're... good. It's ready in two minutes. Like, <laughs> and that's how so... you should feel, JS, about your product. What's not to like? That's exactly exactly how you should feel so that the client tries it. Why wouldn't they reorder? How do you, from a marketing perspective, get them to try it for the first time? Obviously, we, we have a, an efficient marketing mix Mm-hmm. That was optimized over time for base of two things. What can put us, like my team, in a situation where we will move switch stuff in the marketing mix is two things. First of all, there's if a new channel can come in and be more efficient, mm-hmm. or if there's if there's changes over time. At WeCook, basically, we you probably saw our ads were very deep and some somehow good on the media side but mm-hmm. also uh, everything crm based so email sms communication but also not only this but the message in it our our branding team and the team that takes care of the content and everything mm-hmm. like, it's not only putting the right the right message via the right platform for in front of the right people at the right time but yes. the content of it is key also yeah, because you need to make be able- sure we're as efficient as possible. Okay. And so far, we've had crazy good results. Yeah, that is great. It sounds like just things are going really fabulous for you. And obviously, your product is selling itself. Your growth trajectory is is really great. Some companies would love to have 
the growth percentages that you've had. And I really appreciate you sharing how you're utilizing data because, well, here at the Future Food Cast, we love technology and data. So that's, we, we love that. A lot of our listeners do. And, and we really appreciate that. But also that it can be utilized in a way uh, differently, like you might have this bucket of data, but you can then send it out to different departments in a way that they can use it. And, and they might need data given to them in different ways um, or certain pieces of data so that they can uh, then inform their decision-making in a better way to be able to um, move the company along even faster, like you said, with your lean approach and just utilizing all you have. This has been a great conversation, JS, but is there anything else that you want to tell our audience before we end our interview today? No, I think we're good. Okay. You shared all you want to share, which was a lot. I really appreciate your insight and the excitement of having a company that's really newer, but really growing um, at a very fast pace, serving a product that people are looking for. And we just really appreciate you being on and sharing with us on the Future Foodcast. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 